This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome Welcome back, back. BetQL Daily, right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth is typically our show, as I've run through that, like uh, as if everyone's here as normal. But this today, we got Jay Rob, we got Cody Decker with us. Excited to have those guys with us uh, today. We'll talk a lot of baseball coming up in the next hour. Trade market, futures, all that. Today's card, Max Scherzer back on the mail. But right now, we got to do a different kind of interview. One, I I wish we didn't have to do. I'm happy to to talk to David Bamran, who's one of our favorite guests here on BetQL Daily. But yesterday we got the news, the passing of Hammer and Hank Goldberg, 82 years old. Uh, I, from my mind, uh, one of the legends, one of the OGs in this space. I mean, he was one of the first people I could remember on ESPN talking lines at gambling when I was a kid. I remember those Sunday sports centers before NFL Countdown. Joining us right now to talk about um, Hank Goldberg and the legacy he leaves is is David Barron of ESPN. And, and David, you actually got your start working with um, – with Hank in a different realm. So you were an intern for him. Tell us about how you got to meet Hank back in the day. So sure. Uh, Hank Goldberg was the voice uh, of WQAM radio, which was the all sports radio station in South Florida at the time when I was uh, graduating high school and going to college. uh, The WQAM had the rights to pretty much all of the South Florida teams. Obviously the the Marlins Panthers and heat were fairly new and and the dolphins had been there in a staple and Hank had previously done radio for the Dolphins during their perfect season but I was a senior in high school and and my high school was probably about a half a mile away from what was pretty much just an extended very large trailer that had a, a country music station and WQAM sports radio AM, AM 560 in the same trailer and Hank was the voice afternoon drive a legend down there even way way back then um, and I was listening one day, I was an avid listener of all their shows, and he was complaining about how he couldn't get any help in what he considered a rat-infested, bug-infested studio, <laughs> which was his shtick, um, but he wasn't wrong. <laughs> it was literally a, a trailer, not very big, where they had a studio and a couple of um, edit cut rooms back in the day when we used to slice video way before the digital era. Um, and I just, I, I was someone who was an avid sports fan who followed all the sports radio content, went to all the games and wanted to get into broadcasting. So I just walked into the trailer one day and said, Hey, I, 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 I'm at the high school. I'm about to leave to go to, to school to be a broadcast student. I'd like to be the guy that, that helps Hank in this rat infested bug infested studio. And the producer who became a good friend of mine for a long time said, sure. Why don't you just write scores on a, on, a, on an index card and bring them to Hank because Hank was doing his show. And then he'd kick it to a commercial break and he'd have to come back and do the sports updates every half hour. Uh, so he really had no time to write or produce them because he was doing a four hour talk show. And that's kind of what he was complaining about that he couldn't get any good help. So as a 17 year old high school kid, I, I walked in there and, and then started helping just writing down scores off the ticker. Uh, remember this is <laughs> way before 
internet and laptops were all popular in the radio studios. And you guys obviously now have everything at your fingertips. And back then it was the sports sticker. Uh, so I would rip the scores off. I would put some notes together and I would hand it to them, which eventually led to the beginning of my career as it is as a high school senior. I later on stayed that summer to help the Marlins broadcasters up in their press box. And part of that was during the game, but Hank would do the pregame prior to the Marlins broadcast. He would do his show, which would then lead into the Marlins pregame show. So I'd go to the stadium early and then get guests for Hank. I'd go into the different various clubhouses, whether it be the Marlins or at the time, the Atlanta Braves who were world defending world champions. And I would get guests for Hank's show prior to the Marlin games. And that was after getting to know Hank and working with him um, in the studios. And, you know, <laughs> talking about a kid that was 17 and 18 years old, hadn't even started college yet um, and befriended Hank. And, you know, he, he is a legend and he was someone that I had been listening to my entire childhood. Um, but then he taught me so much about the industry, about making contacts. Um, and then of course, what, what I'm now in is, is the betting field. And that all started with me sitting there in the studio working on parlay cards with Hank in between breaks and stuff. So um, legend. And he obviously we're all sad about his passing, but he meant so much to the industry. He was pushing sports betting long before sports betting was popular. And, you know, if you, if you go back to those days in the mid nineties where everything was different, you didn't just have the internet to give you all of the betting breakdowns of the horses and everything else. And not many people might know this, the listeners, but the Marlins would play Joe Robbie stadium where the dolphins played, which by the way, was right next to Calder racetrack. So obviously if you're at the stadium setting up guests, you might as well go to the racetrack and help Hank there too. So helped him in that capacity as well. So it was something that I got to learn really early on about the industry from someone like Hank, who obviously is a legend in the industry. Hey, David, Jim Rodriguez here. I live in Miami, and uh, it's, it's, it's amazing for a guy who hasn't been on the air here for a, almost a generation how they still talk about his impact. I mean, people will tell you he created the modern sports radio show format. You know, he was cranky. He would yell at listeners. It, and, and But he literally sort of developed the template for sports radio, and he was a ghostwriter for Jimmy the Greek. And I think you nailed it, especially in our business. While Jimmy the Greek was kind of, you know, on the periphery saying, you know, not really talking about gambling during the show, Hank put it out there. He was, he, this is the spread. This is what you need to do. And I think it opened the door. And clearly I think him, Musburger, they're on the Mount Rushmore of sports gambling. We owe everything we do, in my opinion, I don't think it's hyperbole, to Hank Colbert. And anybody who's anybody in the sports betting field who remembers the days of the 90s and 80s of watching Jimmy the Greek on, on TV before NFL games, it was taboo. It was something like, oh, only a certain number of people are going to watch this segment. Let's do it. But that's what Hank and Jimmy were doing. And, you know, you grew up down there listening to him as a pioneer of sports radio, but also bringing gambling to the forefront where all of us that work in it have been trying for the last 30 years to get people to understand that it's it's can be something that can be added to your sports viewing experience. And Hank, absolutely, Mount Rushmore of doing that. The fact that he was selected by multiple shows to go on and talk that one segment of every pregame show that actually referenced sports betting, um, even though three quarters of the world knew nothing about it. And he was there at the forefront of bringing that in. And, you know, now it's an everyday thing of, of, of what we do. I mean, that's what my job is. That's what your job is. But back then, it wasn't. And Hank was pushing that. And 
he became a handicapper for multiple sports and of course the horses as well. And um, just, just so much has gone on in this industry that we owe someone like Hank. And I'm just very fortunate that as a kid who was barely even old enough to be able to partake in that, that I learned so much from watching him um, and integrating some of the stuff that he was doing back then. Hey, uh, you know, Cody Decker here talking about uh, Hank. I, I had a question about him and, and as far as Miami goes. And again, he was in Miami before every sport came to town. And now, you know, Miami and Florida itself, you know, a booming sports metropolitan state. How much do you think he had a hand in that based on how much he was able to actually bring, you know, awareness to sports to Miami? I mean, really, he's a legend in a city that didn't have every single sport in town. And as he was there, things kept growing and growing and growing. How much of a hand do you think he had in building sports in Miami? I would put him not only on the Mount Rushmore of, of sports betting in this country, but I'd absolutely put him on the Mount Rushmore of sports in general in South Florida. If you take athletes out of the equation, when you think about that, the Miami Heat didn't come until 1988 and the Florida Marlins didn't come until 93 and the Florida Panthers until 94. That was Hank's heyday. You know, had, having been a radio guy for the Dolphins and covering them for all their, their Super Bowl years, then the South Florida started getting professional sports outside of the Miami Dolphins. And, of course, the Miami Hurricanes ruled the day back then. Brought the general awareness to it. If you were going to listen to a Marlins or Panthers pregame show, you were listening to Hank first. Hank's show led into those pregame shows for the first 10 to 15 years of the franchise, and it was Hank interviewing guests set up by me or other producers at the stadiums and arenas, bringing the awareness to what these sports teams could mean in their infancies. We're talking about the first decade of three professional franchises when he was already an icon for the Miami Dolphins broadcast team and bringing awareness to interviewing the coaches. And he was the one who hosted all the coaching shows as well at the time before the TV guys took over that. Hank was South Florida sports. You know, you watch the Jimmy Jimmy Schaap, um, Jeremy Schaap's piece on ESPN yesterday, the obit that, that, that we aired, it was his town. And he said it was his town, and like, he wasn't wrong. Anybody who talked or listened to South Florida sports went through Hank Goldberg. David, we have about two minutes or so. Is there a, a story you could share? Is your favorite story Hank Goldberg? It could be a, a betting story. It could be a, a personal one, but but one that will stick with you uh, for years to come. When I, when I say to you, Hank Goldberg, what, what story comes to mind for you? Uh, honestly, it goes right back to the very, very beginning when I walked in that first day and, and Phil Shane, the producer, says, why don't you write stuff on an index card and bring it to Hank? I walked into the studio and it was in a break and he goes, who the hell are you? In typical Hank mode. And I was an 17-year-old year kid who looked like I was 12. And I said, well, I'm, I'm going to be the help that you want in the rat-infested, bug-infested studio. I heard you on the air and I'm here to help. And I was all like, yay me and yay me, I'm going to do this. And he looks at me and goes, yeah you'll last a week in this dump. And then went right back on the radio. And I walked out of the studio just shell-shocked and stunned as a 17-year-old thinking my career had ended in five minutes. Um, but then you flip that around in a friendship that lasted 26 years. And, you know, every which way, like I still don't think to this day he knows my name. He just called me the intern because I was there for three summers working with the Florida Marlins broadcast team and him. Then I came back a decade later to work in the Marlins PR department, and he was still there. And it was just always, oh, the intern. And I'm like, you know, I've been in the business 10 years. I'm now paid to do this. Oh, the intern. Um, I bumped into him in Vegas two decades later, just out there on a trip with ESPN and saw Hank 
sitting there at the Caesars Palace Sportsbook. And I go, Hank, and he goes at me, ah, oh, the intern. And I'm like, <laughs> in 25 years, and I'm still, ah, oh, the intern. And that, that was Hank. You know, he was just larger than life personality. And I was sitting there knowing him for 20 years. And to this day, that's the intern. I'm like, okay, well, I'm still the intern, and I will always be that to Hank Goldberg. David, really appreciate you hopping on us. We're sorry for your loss. You, you knew him well, and um, we appreciate you giving us a few minutes today with your thoughts and your stories on uh, on Hank. David, thank you. We'll catch up again soon. David Bearman uh, joining us there on the Roman guest line as we talk about the um, – I mean, larger than life is, I think, the best way to put it, guys. He, he was larger than life. We'll talk about kind of the OGs. He's on that list. The OGs, the Mount Rushmore of sports gambling. We'll talk about that coming up in a little bit. We'll dive into baseball. We're up at that, about that halfway mark of the season. We'll reset the season. The race is coming up next right here on BetQL Daily. You're listening to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Dilio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL.